Look at you! I love you! Mwah. Hello! Henley, what are you doing? Are we shucking corn? A little shucker. A little corn shucker. Aw, <laughs> oh, shucks. Aw, oh, shucks. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I am so incredibly humbled and honored to have the guests that I have on today. And I mean, when you talk about busy people, you know, making time for something, that's one thing. But I'm talking about someone who has limited days left on earth and she, every single moment awake is kind of a struggle because she's just so tired from cancer treatment. And it just is such an honor and a privilege to be able to have the chance to chat with this woman. Her name's Erica Hoff. She's a stage four colon cancer fighter. And when I say fighter, she, you know, she is not going down without a fight. This woman, and when I say a fight, I mean with a smile on her face. <laughs> she is like just such a, you know, I can't think of any better word than just electric energy that's filled with positivity and passion and love. I mean, the amount of love this woman exudes is just incredible. And, you know, I know that recently she got some bad news that her cancer has spread and you know she's put on hospice but you would never know like the pain that she goes through day in and day out because she has a smile on her face every time I see her or talk to her and I've actually never met her in person I've only ever known her through social media I'm telling you people like hate on social media but I think it's great I mean I've met so many great friends and amazing people through social media but yeah I actually met her through Diana my virtual assistant for this podcast she was a friend and she had reached out Oh, probably, I don't know, three years ago at this point. Those of you following me for a long time know I had a jewelry business that I really was passionate about. And it was just an awful lot of work. I mean, it was all handmade in New York City. I wanted to make it affordable, but it was very expensive for me to make it. So I tried keeping the prices really low. You know, as a matter of fact, I still have some pieces, but I don't ever promote it. It's only people who know, you know, who are like loyal fans and followers know about it and they'll still order it. But I don't promote it because it's honestly just way too much work and I don't really make a profit off it. So now that I'm a mom, it's really hard for me to find the time and energy. But when I started, I wasn't a mom. And it honestly was something very helpful because I was grieving the loss of Jonathan at one point. And so it just really helped keep my focus on something other than, you know, wanting to start a family. But now that I do have a family, it's very, very hard because that was like its own little baby. But needless to say, Diana had ordered some jewelry from me and she reached out and said, you know, do you need some help with anything essentially? And she kind of like, you know, worked for me for free. Like she would help me do like things with jewelry like she helped me with random things like she would say hey I'm Diana Jamie's assistant but Jamie's really busy right now but you know and then she would filter through the messages for me so if there was something really pressing she'd make sure I saw it and if it was something that was just like oh you know not as pressing then she would you know say Either way, she'd make sure I saw it, but she would let me know which ones were more pressing. So that was really, really helpful. And I didn't have like a budget at that point to pay her. And so I felt really, really guilty. And I was like, listen, you can't work for free for me. You're doing an awful lot of work and I just don't feel comfortable with that. So I kind of, I guess, let her go. And then when I got to a point now with this podcast and I really needed a virtual assistant, the first person I thought of was Diana because now I was like, okay, I'm going to have ads on the podcast. I'm going to collaborate with brands that I really like and I'm going to need someone to help me edit these because I'm a mom. 
mom and I'm not going to be able to, you know, do all of the things. And that's one thing that I've learned in life is that it's really, really important to let go of control of everything. You just can't do it all, especially if you're a parent. And so I was like, this is it. This is my opportunity to hire Diana. I know she's a hard worker. She's going to get things done. And now I can actually pay her too, because I'm going to be able to monetize this podcast. So that's how I met Diana. And she is friends with Erica, who is our special guest today. Diana introduced me to Erica probably about three years ago. And since then, I've stayed in touch with her. And, you know, I mean, this woman is just, she's someone that if you follow her on Instagram, or if you get the chance to see her, you just, you want to be around her. She's such a sweet soul. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Erica on the podcast. No joke, opening up email and you know how they have like little news articles on the email? Like that's pretty much how Doug and I, I try not to watch the news because it's very negative. And one of my good friends, I said, how are you so positive all the time? And she said to me, I do not put any sort of negative energy into my brain unless I can do something about it. But I was like, well, how do you keep in touch with the world? Like, how do you know about what's going on in the world? She was like, Jamie, if I can't do anything about it, and if I'm not knowledgeable about it, then why am I going to put that fear and the anxiety in my soul? And I was like, hmm, that's a really good point. I think to me, it's kind of controversial because I'm like, I want to be aware of what's going on in the world. And I want to know about big decisions that are happening in our country and big movements that are happening in our country. But at the same time, if I can't do anything about it or it's not truly affecting me, should I really feed my soul with all this negative energy and anxiety really? So I try to avoid the news, but I couldn't help (laughs) but see it when I was popping into the email. And I just feel like I have to talk about this with you ladies because at the Atlanta airport, a woman tried to abduct two children. I mean, the parents were literally right there. And this woman just straight up tried taking the stroller. No joke. The baby was in the stroller and she just tried like pushing it right off, you know, with herself. And then so the mom obviously like saw immediately she had two other kids that they were trying to like keep track of. But on top of the baby, someone comes and just tries stealing the baby with the stroller. And then the father had to come in and he actually was able to fend off the lady. So the cops end up coming and arresting her. And no joke, the woman, even after she was getting arrested, she was still trying to fight to get this baby, to like steal this baby. It's just freaking wild. And the woman was actually checked to see if she had a clean bill of health. She sounds like she's an absolute psycho, but clearly not insane, not a psycho because she got a clean bill of health and she's being held without bond. So I don't know, for me, I travel all the time. And a lot of times, I travel with Henley alone. I really do. I go back and forth to LA for unfiltered a lot. And I try to bring her as much as I possibly can because my goal in life was to always be a stay-at-home mom and be very present in my children's life. Like, you know, my mom is not able to be very present, like just mentally. She was never able to be present in our lives. And I was like, I want to be very close with my children and I want to be like best friends with them. And I want to have all the memories I can with them. I, you know, that's just something that I really want. And so the great thing about being able to be the host for Married at First Sight Unfiltered is that I can bring my daughter. And as long as I have someone there to watch her, they will let me have her backstage. And I can't tell you countless times when I was nursing, I would literally take like a 10 minute break, go out and nurse my baby and then go back in and finish up the episode. So I can't thank the production company really, Kinetic, enough for letting me have her there. But I felt like I needed to share this with you ladies, not to like give you fear or anxiety when you're traveling with your children that's not at all the purpose, but the purpose is to just kind of be very aware. Like when you're in an airport, there's so many people, not for a second would you think that someone's going to like snatch your kid. There's just so many people there. Like there's so many eyeballs and cameras all over the place. You wouldn't think they'd be so silly as to try to snatch your kid, but it happened. Like someone actually tried snatching this kid 
in a busy airport. I mean, that's just, it's just wild to me. So I figured I would just at least share it because, you know, I believe that if something like resonates with me, you never know who it might resonate with. And maybe it could prevent a kid from being snatched. And if it prevented one kid from being snatched, I'm like, I'm sharing the story. It just helped me open my own eyes to be like, a little bit more cautious in a busy airport like that, just to be aware, but not even just a busy airport, like, I don't know, like grocery shopping and stuff too. I'm like, man, I better just make sure I really, you know, always have my eyes on her because you just never know who's crazy or apparently not crazy, but still willing to do something so ludicrous and selfish and evil. But anyways, so hopefully that helps not give you any anxiety because that wasn't the goal. But yeah, I just wanted to be able to share that with you. And then there was another one that I was like, okay, I need someone to talk to about this because I just can't. So a mom left her nine-year-old son at McDonald's to go gamble at the casino. And honestly, I guess the reason why this resonates with me most is because like, this is what my mom was like. She would go do drugs. But this is the part that like really hurt my heart because somebody noticed the boy was by himself. They said that he was like very dirty and disheveled. So they called the cops because they're like, this kid's by himself. He is dirty, doesn't have hairbrush. So the staff, you know, kind of like started watching him and like they gave him like a coloring book and some ice cream and cookies just to kind of like make him happy because they're like, where are your parents? <laughs> but eventually the mom actually came back uh, just about two hours later. She was arrested in charge of child abuse and the judge ordered no contact with her son. And she said that that would actually hurt him even more because he's a mama's boy. But <laughs> which I'm like, then why did you leave your mama's boy? But anyways, I'm just curious, like, in all seriousness, if it does do more harm to the child, if he's taken from his mom. I mean, I just remember when I was a kid, you know, my mom was not maybe to some people you wouldn't call her a stellar mom, but she, I knew she was trying to do the best that she could. And I know that she made a lot of poor decisions now that I'm an adult looking back. And obviously this mom made a very poor decision to leave her son at a freaking McDonald's while she went and gambled at a casino. Like what? But sometimes I think it really does hurt the child if you just straight up take them away from their parent and they don't have access to, to their parents or to their mom. Like to me, my mom was still my hero. Like I still thought she was a superwoman, you know, even though she would just straight up leave us and we had like no food and the heat and electricity was turned off occasionally. She still loved us. I know that may sound crazy to some people, but I remember also cuddling on the couch with her. I remember being scared to go down the hallway because it was dark and I always was scared there was like a boogeyman or a monster that was going to get me. So my mom would turn the light on for me and just small things like that really helped me trust her. And if you just rip this boy right out of his mom's life for good, is that going to do him any good? I mean, maybe the better option, I think, is obviously educate the mom and try to provide her some resources on like maybe she has a gambling addiction. I don't know. I guess that's just, I just felt like that was just a wild story. And in other news, you know that app? It's called the Face app and everyone's doing it. Basically, it like turns your face into this really old version of you like 30 years from now or so. Well, Doug and I downloaded it and we like literally laughed our tushes off looking at ourselves. And then like I have this picture where Henley was just tired. I actually posted it on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it or not. Henley was like really tired and she was fussy. And so I just happened to have a picture of me like trying to like calm her down and she's like screaming. And, it, and so then I did that picture with my face like looking really, really old and her crying. And I just thought it was so funny. Doug and I were busting up laughing over it. So that app is actually making the news as well. I mean, I swear to goodness, this is what this is why I stay away from the news because it's so scary. But um, and this is also why you probably shouldn't stay away from the news because apparently the developers of that app are from Russia and they have it in the you know there's always the terms and conditions everyone just like clicks on and never really reads because it's usually kosher anyways. It's like yes, we're gonna access your pictures, but we're not gonna steal them. Well, apparently in their terms and conditions, they say 
yes, we're going to access your photos. And yes, we are going to take them and we're going to do whatever the heck we want with them. And we're not going to pay you for them. We're not going to tell you what we do with them. We're not going to share where they're going to be, you know, put out into the universe. You just might find your face or your photo or your kid's photo who knows where. And so I just wanted to, I don't know, share about that. Like I ended up updating my caption on Instagram so I could let any of you guys who were interested in doing this app, don't do it. It's just not worth it. Like, honestly, I saw Carrie Underwood do it and I was like, oh, I want to see what that would happen. You know, what Doug and I would look like. And so I downloaded it after watching, seeing that Carrie Underwood did it. And I mean, so many, all the celebrities are doing it. Like Carrie Underwood, Kim Kardashian, all of them, everybody, Taylor Swift. I saw Taylor Swift's face like that. So it's like tempting to just try to download it. And because it's just funny, it seems harmless and innocent, but word of the wise, it's not harmless and innocent. The New York Post shared an article. First and foremost, I have to thank my friends because you guys were the ones to first tell me, hey, listen, that's actually, you know, Russian developers stealing information. But I don't know. I'm always like, careful to just, I don't know, anything that's scary like that. I, I'm just like, I always want to like back it up. So I looked it up online and apparently it's true. The New York Post put out an article saying that, you know, saying basically all that information I just told you, that's where I learned it all was from the New York Post. And now, I mean, someone else has said, well, Forbes has put out another article saying that the New York Post is wrong and that it's just trying to scare you. I mean, good golly, really. I mean, you have to seriously like dissect the news these days. It's like, where can you get honest news that's just like flat out honest? But this is getting almost like political and I'm, and I'm truly not trying to be political, but that's just the case. Let's end this whole news segment on a positive news story. I love, <laughs> I love sharing the positive, but I also like sharing like the real stuff because I mean, we can't just like live with a blanket over our head and just like pretend that the world is rainbows and butterflies and sunshine because let's be honest, it's not always. <laughs> and you have to protect yourself and be aware without being like so immersed in all the negativity and the, the things that you can't change. But one thing you can change is do not download that face app. I wish I never had. And, you know, I'm just hopeful that they don't steal mostly my daughter's pictures because there's so many pictures of her on there, you know, in the tub, like ones that are private just for us. Like, you know, we have her in the tub or, you know, potty training. We take pictures of things like that without thinking. And like when she had the poop explosions when she was younger, like we would just take a picture of her whole body and like only for us, you know, like just to have privately, like that's what parents have, like to show our daughter one day and just, you know, to laugh at. But it's not funny if someone else has a picture of my whole daughter, you know, as a baby. So anyways, just wanted to share that with you guys. But there is a good, I want to end this whole news segment topic on something that's positive because I feel like I just want to bring the, lift the mood a little bit, if you will. And I thought this would be something to kind of like bring the spirits up in the room. So here's a little example of good in the world. So apparently there was a Facebook post that was shaming a man for sleeping in a McDonald's, like right inside on the bench while people are dining. He's literally sleeping on the bench. And so the woman goes up to the clerk at McDonald's and says, hey, listen, there's a man sleeping in one of your booths. Like, this isn't okay. And the lady said, oh, yeah, we know, you know, it's okay. And then the woman was really angry and like literally snapped a picture of this person sleeping in the booth, shared it on Facebook, shared the whole story. And turns out this man, his name's Simon Childs. He's 21 years old. He's a father who is homeless and he was just resting between his shifts at this McDonald's in Georgia. And the article goes on to say that the man wasn't at his highest point in life. He just lost his mother and he needed to care for his young son. So he's working extra shifts and extra jobs and has no place to stay. So he was just sleeping in between his shifts. And when others saw the post, they decided to help Childs. Some donated hotel rooms for him and his son to stay in. 
and Childs later walked into work to find donated diapers for his son in addition to other supplies and clothes. He's also received job offers. And, you know, the sweetest thing about this all is that the guy, Simon Childs, he literally had no hard feelings between himself and the woman who posted on Facebook about him. And, you know, he said, I thought it was something negative and nobody would care about it. But now he's not homeless. And thanks to her and her like rant, people have donated so many things like diapers and the hotel rooms and even job offers have been pouring in for him. So a little negativity in the world turns out you can turn that into some positivity. And this homeless father is now resting his head on a hotel bed thanks to some woman. And that's just like, honestly, this is what I always go back to. And especially when you see someone that you don't necessarily understand, like, for example, our last episode was with my sister. And we were talking about how when she was younger, she was like goth. I mean, she, I don't know if you listened to that episode or not, but it's a really, really good one. And I definitely recommend listening to it because essentially she talks about how this is a time in our life when my mom was gone all the time on drug binges. I was still a teenager in 18 and I just wanted to save myself. And I didn't really know that I should try to save my siblings as well. And I mean, I'll just say it. I was like super self-centered. I was a teenager. I mean, you know, that's just kind of how you are. Like I was just like, I don't know, like trying to swim myself and not sink. But anyways, she was goth. Literally, she would wear dog collars on her neck with like the spikes coming out of them. She'd wear all black and like just like really, really depressed. And if someone would have looked at her on the outside, they would have been like, what a bad kid. Like she's not, you know, I don't want my other kids to hang out with her. You know, she's probably no good. She's probably a druggie and, you know, troublemaker. And the truth of the matter is, is she literally was a little girl who would cry on the floor begging for our mom's attention. And my mom would lock the door and never answer her. I was always gone trying to, I was in school and also working. And like I said, I was really self-centered. I didn't even, I didn't even know that my sister was so hurt until I read this crumpled up letter that she had written to my mom. And, but I knew she wasn't a bad girl. Like I knew she'd never gotten into any trouble. She did try drugs. I mean, she was immersed in a life filled with drugs, but I think all she really tried was pot. But in any case, it just goes to show that you really truly should not judge someone based on their appearance especially if someone's just like sleeping someplace. I mean, don't judge. No joke. I remember when I was a young girl, I had to go to New York City to get my passport. And my friend and I drove from upstate New York, which is four hours out of New York City. And I was literally 17, 18 years old, drove down to New York City to get the passport. I didn't have any money for a hotel room. So we also tried like resting our head in a dining room before I had to make the four hour drive back. And I remember like the clerks were like pushing us out because it's just not cool to fall asleep in their dining room. But it just goes to show like truly don't judge someone. Like just don't. Like no matter what they look like, you don't know what's going on in their world unless you've walked in their shoes. And you don't know if someone looks scary or different than you, it doesn't mean that they genuinely are harmful or going to be some sort of a troublemaker. Anyways, rant over. Okay, so let's bring Erica on. And I wanted to let you know ahead of time too that to be very transparent, I typically interview all of our guests through an app called Zoom. And they have either earbuds or they have like a professional microphone if they're also podcasters. Erica is obviously not able to do any of that. I mean, like I said before, she is struggling right now. I mean, I don't want to say struggling because she's not struggling. I mean, she's the happiest soul, but she has very little energy. She's, you know, typically either in bed or on the couch, you know, someplace comfortable because she doesn't have an awful lot of energy. She'll explain more about how like, you know, she isn't even able to drive a car. So this is going to be recorded literally in my dining room and she's on speakerphone. So you're probably going to hear trucks in the background. You're probably going to hear my dogs barking. You're probably going to hear, you know, 
know, things that you don't usually hear in an episode of our podcast, but I still want to share it because it's not about having a perfect audio for this week's episode. What it's about is sharing a message from a woman who has so much to give. And I hope that you can get past hearing if there's a truck you hear or the dog's barking and just know that you're hanging out in the dining room, in my dining room with me and Erica's on the speakerphone and she has so much insight and love to give. And I'm so excited to share it with you. Okay, so I have the podcast going, so I wanted to officially welcome you on to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, and thank you so much for taking time out, because I know you're, you know, you have a lot of people who like to see you and chat with you, so thank you for taking the time out to come on Hot Marriage Cool Parents and chat with us. Thank you. So I wanted to start off by giving you a chance to just introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Okay. I was thinking you could just share a little bit about like who you are. And I know you're a voice coach with Jan Smith, which is awesome. And you might not say this yourself, but I'll say it for you. You have the most beautiful voice. I absolutely love hearing you sing. I like I was telling you the other day, I listened to your, you have one song on iTunes. It's a Christmas song, but it randomly will play whenever I have my music hooked up on, on my car. And it's like, you just have such a beautiful voice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but I'll let you introduce yourself now. Well, my name is Becca Hoffman, and I have been a voice coach for about seven to eight years now, and it's been awesome working for her. She's been a major part of this whole process. It's something that I feel like has helped me transition from stage to stage with everything that's going on. I think that, you know, who you work for makes a big difference. What they do, what they say, how they treat you in the interim is it, something that sometimes helps make or break what's going on. And so she has been extremely generous. She has, you know, come over. She's brought us, you know, food, you know, money. She's tireless. I don't know. She's like an energizer. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And, and she's really here, Jan Smith, and I go, oh, she's unreachable. And it's like, no, she's not. She's one of the most reachable people that you could possibly have. She she won't let you leave without giving her a hug Aww. if she sees you. Aw, that's awesome mm-hmm. that you have a boss like that. It really is. I can imagine that does really, really change things. So for people who don't necessarily understand where you're at right now, I'm just going to share that you have stage four colon cancer. Is that right? That's correct. And so I was going to ask, when did you first find out you had cancer? It was fall of 2015. I was feeling kind of yucky. I didn't know what to think of my symptoms. My symptoms were uh, really bad stomach aches. I felt like I couldn't keep food down. And then it seemed like the amount of food and types of food have to eat something, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when your body's doing that, that should be a red flag. That should be a red flag. And that should be a time where you go, I don't care how much the hospital's going to be. I need to go. Right. It wasn't for me. <laughs> I just thought, I'm going to get better. Usually I do. And so I went through everything. Oh, we were talking about, oh, man, just everything that was possible to remedy my situation. And so then when I got to the point where 
I was vomiting every night and I didn't have the energy to go to work and I was canceling work more often. It was kind of like something's really wrong here. And a few people were convincing me just go to the hospital. Yeah. So went to the hospital. I was writhing in pain mm. and, you know, they gave me morphine. That was the first release that I had received mm. for like weeks. <laughs> oh, man. And so that I'm sure they took some tests and then you found out that what stage was the cancer at that point when you first found out? Um, not exactly sure. There was one point where I talked with my oncologist who said, well, if you had come here back in, you know, say April or whatever, it probably would have been staged more at like a two and a half or three. I said, oh man, oh. I was just kicking myself. <laughs> you yeah. have to be your own advocate and you know that full well. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like you sharing that right there is really going to resonate with so many people listening because we all, even, you know, even my husband, I think mostly, you tend to just kind of say, oh yeah, yeah, everything's fine or oh, I'll get through it. And you just kind of like ignore the signs and the symptoms because you just don't think it's that big of a deal, you know? Mm-hmm. So what was the beginning of treatment for you? Like what, what does treatment look like? Well, the first part of treatment is they find out what kind of chemotherapy you have to get because every chemo is not created equally. So my dad, he found out he has pancreatic cancer. He didn't know what kind of pancreatic cancer is, or he knew what it was, but he didn't know what type he had. So he had to find out what type he had. And so stage four colon cancer, you know, Sometimes it will metastasize to your lungs and liver. Sometimes it just metastasizes to your lungs. And so the way they approach it a little different. And when it came to me, they opted not to do surgery because it was in three spots. They didn't feel like it was a good spot to get that taken care of with just med. So then what they do is they take you in and they put a port in your chest. And the port, <laughs> my mom used to call her doorbell. <laughs> and, uh, and so what it does is it allows this needle to kind of go in and access your artery. And then you're on that for about, I mean, basically you're, you're there for a good full day. It's about four or five hours, but then they start to back off, and then it it comes down to really finish a round, which can be four to eight rounds. You know, you have to play it by ear if you want to see. And so you're sitting there going, okay, I'm just waiting to see if this thing's going to work. Right. And then, then they, they talk to you, and they, they have an assessment. So then... You say, okay, well, it, it looks like it's working. Let's give you a break, like a one-week break, and then they start, you know, let's start this again because it's still working. So I went through two of those rounds. I had at least, gosh, about 12 or 16 rounds, and it had really made it stable. 
and I, I've gotten to a place where I couldn't go back to work full-time, but I could go back to at least a medium time of work where I could at least make some income, right. uh, which made me feel good because I like, I like working. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, what, where are you at with the cancer? What is your current prognosis and treatment plan? Well, in March, Matt and I received that news that you never really want to hear. And I, I think I wrote a blog about that too. And it's where the oncologist looks at you and says, this oncology regimen is not working. Oh, boy. And he says that, oh, there's three or four out there that would be possible, but you have to have a bilirubin of one, like, 0.9 and lower. Okay. And then they said, mine's now, like, I don't know, up above the sevens, eights. So, oh boy. It's yeah, there's not a great chance of getting down there barring a miracle from God. You know, it's really one of those things that <clears throat> would have to be miraculous because I mean, there's just nothing you could do. I am doing the best I can. So back to your initial question of well, what are you doing now? We started to work in natural medicine which included stuff like peptides, which they're used commonly in medicine. And what they do is they pretty much like burn out and electrocute the DNA of the cancer. Interesting. And so basically when they introduce the peptide, it electrocutes these cells and it breaks them down. And it's, you know, supposed to work in some people. They're also giving a food regimen, which is supposed to help you to build up your immune system, which is helping you to process, being able to get your body to a place where, oh, I need to make this the best possible situation that I can, and then try to thrive as much as I can on this alternative medicine. And it's not even medicine so far. But it means I am on a lot of drugs. I'm on a lot of drugs, and I can't do some of the things that I would normally be able to do, like drive my own car. Oh, All right. You know, I can't even watch me text or type or something. It drives my husband nuts. He's like, can I do it? I'm a lot faster. <laughs> Aw. You're like, no. <laughs> so much water. I retained 10 pounds of water weight that it was really hard to get upstairs. Mm. I had to get a wheelchair. I had to get an oxygen tank just in case. I had to get a nebulizer just in case. It's hard to have people over for longer than, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And is it, is it, it really exhausting? Yes. 
Yeah, I'm sure. But the great thing is we've run into some amazing people who are in the nursing care because I've been signed up with hospice care and I have been able to get help and guidance from them. And one thing that they say is, you know, just because you're on hospice care doesn't mean, you know, okay, next day you're going to die, you know. Right. It's you go on hospice care and they give you all of this palliative care that you otherwise don't get because hospital, that's like, they take care of you, then it's like, see ya. Right. And if you were to get in-home health care, they kind of do maybe just more than that, whereas they have a nurse come in and they do your vitals and see how you're doing. That's the extent of that too, right? Exactly. So when you have hospice, you go in, you get these people who, you know, you call in the middle of the night and they can come and bring something. We've had medicine come at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. So, you know, they make it Johnny on the spot. I bonded with a really, really nice nurse. That was the one that she put together a really nice little photo shoot. And it it was just one of those things that it was such a blessing. So here I am. My husband is full support of me. I am leaning on him like crazy. He's been sending over backwards for me. His family's been doing an amazing job being a support as well. My dad and my sister. And then (laughs) now my sister's having to take care of my dad. And then my family's here taking care of me. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I know that it doesn't sound like you're the kind of person that necessarily wants help, but it seems to me like everybody really wants to be there for you. And I hope you know that you're not putting anybody out. I know you say your husband is bending over backwards, but I'm sure he would bend over and like break his back on purpose for you, you know, because he loves you so much. He would. (laughs) Which would probably just make you feel guilty. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's told me that and I said, please don't do that. Don't do that at all. That's not, no, no, no. So one thing that really like speaks to me is that you are just such a positive breath of fresh air. Like you're just such a good energy. Like every time I've ever talked to you, you know, you're going through, as long as I've known you, you've been going through this fight with cancer and you've never, ever said, you know, woe is me or you know, you just, you're just so positive. And I wanted to ask, how do you maintain such a level of positivity? Oh, honestly, it's been my relationship with God. Some people above the Bible Belt are going, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, Jesus lover, Jesus freak. There are people down here who are kind of like, oh, yeah, bless you, amen. And, you know, they agree with it, but it's not something that really strikes something in their heart. And for me, I have seen how real God is through this. And so what I mean by that is there are things that have happened throughout this whole entire process that wouldn't have happened had this process not happened. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have had the relationships that I would have with the friends at my church. I wouldn't have received the support that I would have had with my music family. There would be some things that would not have been tested in me in order to grow my stamina. So whereas before, 
I felt felt like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nonchalant about things. Oh, I can do this and da da da. I can do this by myself. It caused me to need Matt on a whole different level. It caused him to realize how much he needed to be needed and how much I I did need him. And it changed our level of relationship because I look around and there were places that I remember thinking, oh man, that's where I was. That's the point that I was at. And I look at it now and it's like, wow, it just seems so frivolous. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a relationship with Christ, you have someone ultimately that you can lean on that you can't lean on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing because that's the life-changing part. You know, I even told my dad that he's been wrestling with becoming a believer or not. And he asked the same question. He's like, how are you so strong? And and this was right after he found out that he had more tumors in his pancreas. And I was sitting on my husband's lap at my dad's condo. We both looked point blank at him. And I said, Dad, if it were not for my relationship with God and this man right here, I would be down that it's true. There's So that's what it elicited in me was this truth. It was lack of fear and not afraid to be real and honest about what that thing was that kept me going forward. And so there's people that have like a flippant, you know, well, this whole F Christ, F God, F cancer idea because, oh, it's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. So whether or not he is going to take me or leave me, I am thankful for what he has done because of how much he has brought out of our relationship, how much stronger he's made the relationship, and what he has done to make this one of the best relationships it could possibly be. And you mean that by Jesus? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is your dad a believer? Uh, No, not. (laughs) We're hoping, but not yet. So not yet, but, you know, we're praying for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all you can do. And obviously you're really, truly, I hope you hear me when I say this, you are truly inspiring and touching so many lives by just speaking your truth and just being you. I mean, really, you really, truly are. So I I hope you know that. Uh, Something else I wanted to ask you, this is kind of more for family members or friends of someone who is going through cancer. I mean, I can't imagine your day-to-day has got to be like really stressful and there's probably everybody wants to come, you know, kind of to your rescue and help you in one way, shape or form, or at least have a chance to like, you know, talk to you or whatever. And I'm sure that's very overwhelming. What kind of advice could you give to someone who has a family member or a friend that is struggling with stage four cancer? Um, yes, most people want to come over and they want to say hi, they want to cook you something, they want to do so much for you. And a lot of times you really want to see them, but it's hard. And you just need sleep and rest and and so you have to kind of like say, listen, I can only take this much medicine, sorry, food. Yeah. <laughs> I can only take this much food and I can only take this much time. So you have to set a parameter and not be afraid of hurting people's feelings. And if you hurt that person's feelings, oh, well, if they get offended, like, hey, we, we just really want to see you and, 
you know, oh, and they kind of almost get into a sob story. You go, sorry, I'm not out there seeing you right now. Mm-hmm. And so when you have people that are like that, you you love on them and you say, listen, I want to see you, but we're going to have to plan a time. And if we have to plan a time that is better, we have to do that. So, um, unfortunately, I am going to have to do that to you now because <laughs> we're starting to fade here. <laughs> yeah, no, Erica, absolutely. We, you know, this has been so great and you're just seriously such a such an inspiration to me. I hope you truly know that. I just really wanted to tell you that you're just such, I don't know what it is about you. I was saying this to my husband. I'm like, I've never even met you in real life, but I just like, you have such a positive energy and such a great soul. And I just wanted to tell you that. (laughs) No, truly. Like, I don't even know what it is about you. You just have like an electric energy about you that makes me smile when I think of you. So, you know, I just wanted to tell you that. (laughs) Thank you. So what I'm thinking is, if there are any listeners who are intrigued and who are wanting to know more, maybe they can ask the questions that they have and want to know more, you know, specifically so they can ask you and then make this where there's a part two and I can answer specifically some questions that they have. I think that's such a great idea. And that's so kind of you because I, like you said, you know, you get tired and you're going through a lot. So that's really, you're offering an awful lot up there. And I want you to know that I'm not going to hold you to it. I'll put it out there. I'm sure that, I mean, like I said, you really are electric energy and people are going to gravitate towards you and have questions. So I'll definitely put them out there and then we'll chat. And if you feel like you're up for it or you're too tired, you just let me know. I don't want this to be stressful in any way, just fun. And you know, a good way maybe for you to leave a, you know, like a little piece of the legacy or another message to leave, I really wanted to be able to give you that opportunity. So if that's like, you know, fun for you and whatnot, then absolutely, I would love to do that. Okay. Well, I'm up for that. I am grateful and love to answer your questions. All right, cool. So I'll put it out there and then I'll be in touch with you with, and I can send you the questions ahead of time too. So that, you know, if you want to just look at them, so I'm not like, you know, putting you on the spot or anything, but yeah, I know you're tired. So I'm going to let you go. <laughs> I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to let you go. And you know, I'll be following you over on Instagram, DMing you and, or text message or whatever. And also feel free to call or text whenever. And truly, if there's anything that you need, and I know you don't need, I definitely know you don't need any food. You get a lot of offers of food, but if you need anything, let me know. Okay. I'm excited to talk to you again. I feel so thankful. So I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. Bye. I don't even know where to begin with just the level of joy in her voice when this woman has been through so much and the way that she's able, I mean, she's so thankful to her husband and her family and her boss and into Jesus. And it's just, it's striking to me. And I'll tell you why, because I think that, you know, I'm just going to say for myself, but I know that a lot of us do this. We complain about the most mundane things. I mean, if our coffee gets cold and we didn't have a chance to drink it, if our kids screaming on the floor because, you know, they spilled their milk or who knows. I mean, just the silliest thing, a traffic jam, you know, we're just 
ranting and raving over it. Meanwhile, she's like, I can't even drive a car anymore, but she's smiling while she says it. I mean, this is a message that is speaking to my heart in such a loud, loud, loud way. And I really hope that it speaks to your heart too, that we get one life to live and we can either be miserable and choose to be negative or like let the small things like spilled milk and traffic jams get us all in a rage, or we can live like Erica and be thankful that we have another day and we can smile through the problems and try to think of the positive and constantly go back to the positive. I mean, I don't know if you recognize, but when I asked her, is your dad a believer? She said, not yet. The woman's positivity in like her hope is at a different level. I mean, it genuinely is. I mean, the fact that she said, no, I mean, she didn't say no, he's not, but no, she said not yet. She believes that he will be. And it's like that type of positivity in her brain, it is no wonder. I mean, this woman truly is electric to me and she always has been. And I never really could figure out why, but she's just such a radiant light. And when people are around her, you know, they want to talk to her and they want to be closer to her. I literally want to like fly out to Georgia just to say hello to her because I just am so touched by her. And so anyways, I don't know. I, I guess you can tell I'm a little passionate about this, but it's just like this woman is is truly, she's on hospice. She hasn't been given a lot of time left to live, but she is not letting that get her down. And I mean, and then I think about my own day-to-day life and the things that I let affect me and get me down. And it is like, good golly, girl, get a grip on life. Like, I mean, we should be so thankful. So the next time I just want to challenge you and I'm challenging myself too. (laughs) This is not just for you. This is for me too. I'm going to practice what I preach. But the next time that someone cuts me off or, you know, someone cuts the line or, you know, my daughter makes a huge mess or my husband actually, you know, makes a huge mess in the kitchen. I don't know, like take a spin on that and be like, instead of being annoyed that my husband made a huge mess, like while he was cooking dinner, how about I be thankful that he's cooking dinner and the mess can wait. Like let's enjoy dinner and like just smile and embrace like the fact that we can drive our own car and we have enough energy to go out for a play date when there's people like Erica who literally can't chat longer than a half an hour because she's so exhausted from all the medicine and the cancer that's running in her, but she's still smiling throughout that whole entire time. And I think the other thing that really resonated with me was that she said, you have to set parameters on your life. And that really, really resonates with me because I just know that I'm a people pleaser and I don't know if you are as well, but if someone wants something of me or is asking something of me, I always try to please them. I always want to give to them. I always want to fulfill their wish because I want to make them happy. And somehow that inevitably makes me happy, but not always actually. And the older I've gotten, I've kind of realized that, but it's really interesting to me that she said, you know, you just love on them and tell them you wish you could meet, but no, you can't. You're too tired. And that is is okay. We have to set those parameters because it's for our own self-love. Like she said, if we're not our own advocate and if we don't take care of ourselves, then who's going to take care of us? You know. So I don't know. I, I got so many messages from that little chat with her and I hope you did too. And I just, I mean, most importantly, I really wanted to to give her like a way to kind of share more, give her another outlet. Like she does blog and I'm going to put her blog in the show notes. So definitely check those out. And also she has a beautiful song on iTunes. And, you know, I asked her if she wanted me to share about it and she really didn't 
care to promote her own music, which that just goes to tell you how selfless this woman is. And for a dollar, not even, it's 99 cents. You can download this song and I promise you it is well worth every penny that you put in there. She's just so talented. She's very, very creative. And her song, I'm actually going to pull it up right now in case you want to find it because this is expensive stuff, you know, going through cancer treatment and whatnot. And she's not someone who's going to ask for a GoFundMe or something of that nature because I asked her and she was like, no, no, no. But this is a way that you can support her in her music and also get something and it's literally a dollar. And if every single one of you listening right now download this song and, you know, listen to it in your car, that 99 cents is going to go help support someone in a way that has never been more helpful and more supportive. So, you know, if you have it in your heart and you want to listen to an awesome song, (laughs) I'm looking it up for you right now. Okay. So you just have to go to iTunes and you can search Erica Hoffman and it will come up. The song is On This Earth. It's a single and, you know, there she is on the cover and she has blue hair to show that she's a colon cancer fighter. And honestly, it is such, such, such a beautiful song. And I'm actually going to play a little snippet of it for you right here, right now. It's called On This Earth by Erica Hoffman. Okay, so there's a little snippet, a little preview of her beautiful, beautiful voice. This is a Christmas song. It's called On This Earth. And like I said, it's Erica Hoffman, who I just had on the podcast. And she is beyond kind. I mean, truly, like she told you herself, she's so tired and she has so many people wanting her time, but she's willing to answer questions from you listeners. And so I would love to put it out there for you guys. And I'm definitely going to put it on, you know, I don't always share about the podcast on Instagram because I know that those of you listening are loyal fans and I don't have to preach about my podcast all over every social media avenue. But I'm going to this time because this woman is by far the most important, special person I've ever had on this podcast. I'm not saying a lot because my daughter's been on, my sister's been on. (laughs) No, but truly, I mean, she's just absolutely so incredible and just the message that she has. So if you want the opportunity to ask her a question yourself, please, please do send me any question that you have and I'm going to compile them all up so that it's kind of like in a cohesive manner. And then I'm going to read them to her. So if you'd like a chance to be able to ask Erica any question you want, I would be happy to be kind of like your facilitator for that. Then yeah. So next week on Hot Marriage Cool Parents, I will have Erica on again. That's the goal. And like I said to her, I don't want her to feel any pressure or stress whatsoever. So if things change, I will let you know. But I am going to put it out there that you guys can put out all the questions that you have for her. And yeah, and we'll put it on the podcast next week. So get ready for that. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you've been touched by this in any way, shape or form, please do let me know and let Erica know. I don't want to like overwhelm her with a ton of comments 
or whatnot. I don't know if that's overwhelming to her or not, but you know, I think it's just nice. I think the best way you can let Erica know that you've been touched by hearing from her is to just download that song. And you know, for a dollar, it's not even a dollar, it's 99 cents. You can go to iTunes, download her song, listen to it. And then she'll know that her artistry is being respected and enjoyed. And I love that. So yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. We love you. Bye.